and welcome to 30 Days of Terror, day 23. How you do? I've got two stories for you today and we're just going to get straight into it. Are you ready? Never ready. And story number one comes from Anonymous. The first one I remember, I was around 10 or 11 years old. And I remember this as clear as day. I was terrified when it happened, but I rationalised it in my own way. I was in the downstairs hall of our home and was stopped in my tracks by three loud knocks, which seemed to come from all around me. I was near the front door and could see that there was no one there, but also this was so much louder. Terrified, I then remembered that previously my mum told me that thunder was just God moving his furniture around up in heaven so not to be scared. I knew this wasn't thunder, but my young mind thought, okay, this is clearly just somebody knocking on God's door so it's all fine. The weird events continued. I was walking along the top landing one day and felt something physically push me and I fell into the banister. I was so confused and again scared. I would be so scared at night time as I would hear footsteps in the hall and see shadows. I'd hate getting up at night and hide under my duvet as a kid with every part of me under the covers. I remember my mum was ironing one evening and my brother shouted, Go away! Really angrily which made us all jump. My mum asked what was wrong and he said there was a man sitting on the ironing board and he looked angry. Only when I was an adult did my dad tell me that in this house he saw a boy one night. My dad worked until late in London, so by the time he got home, everyone was already in bed. He said he was sitting eating his dinner with just the TV on for company, and a boy walked from one side of the front room and into the wall. When I was 13 years old, we moved. This was a Victorian mid-terraced house in another part of the country. So we were away from whatever weird stuff was going on in the old house, right? Wrong. This house had four levels. My bedroom was on the first floor at the base of the second set of stairs. I would run out of my room and down to the kitchen and dining room trying not to look at the staircase leading up to my right. As I had seen a girl. She was young, with long hair, a long dress and no feet. This obviously freaked me out. I would see her on the stairs just looking down, but I had a horrible scared feeling when she was around. I didn't tell anyone as usual, as my parents tended to ignore such things. A few years later, when my uncle was over, he left and refused to return as he had seen a young girl at the top of the stairs. My cat would act strange, hissing and wagging her tail at nothing, staring at nothing, hair up, as they do when cats fight. If I called her, she refused to move from her spot. Another incident was when I was having a bath. I saw something out of the corner of my eye. This was a grey type figure and it left the bathroom as I looked at it. One evening I was in my bedroom and I heard my brother screaming at the top of his lungs. The whole family raced up to the top floor where his bedroom was. My parents were asking what was wrong, tears were streaming down his face and I remember him saying there was a man with green eyes standing at his bedroom door with a knife. He said his bedroom light was flickering a lot and then it just switched off. 
My parents checked the light and it had blown. They said it's fine, it was just your imagination. There was always an uneasy feeling that I just couldn't work out, just as there was at the first house. I always thought that places were haunted. I hadn't thought that people could have attachments. This sounds insane, but I'm starting to wonder if something is attached to me. I get nervous telling people these things. I posted on Facebook this Christmas and then I got worried and took it down. In one of my jobs, I remembered myself and a colleague witnessing a bottle of perfume fly across the room and smash close to where we were standing. So lots of other weird events like stuff moving, knocks, shadows, etc. over the years. But I need to skip to when I moved again, to yet another part of the country, to be with my husband. The first place that we rented together seemed nice and calm, but again strange things would happen. I tried to rationalise things. My husband worked offshore, so I would be home alone a lot of the time. One day I remember that I had shut all of the doors in the hallway. It was a bungalow and all of the rooms led off this hall. The reason I had shut them is because I had been noticing doors were open when I thought I had shut them and vice versa. Anyway, I get home and what do you know? All of the doors were now wide open. No one had been in the house in the time that I had been out. And as I said, it was just me and our baby. And my husband was offshore. I noticed things would be moved all of the time. Things would disappear and it would drive me insane looking for stuff, only for it to just turn up one day in an obvious place. For example... A watch that every single night I would put in the top of my jewellery box wasn't there one morning. I searched for months. And then one day, it just showed up on top of the jewellery box. I asked my husband if he had found it. Turns out he had no idea what I was talking about. So this continues, and I think, okay, I'm just forgetful, and I try to ignore it. At the time, we had an old TV. One of the ones that weighed a tonne. It would turn on most nights unless we remembered to unplug it. The radio would turn on full blast. The TV would turn itself up full blast. Lights would switch on. Our electric bill was crazy high, yet I would try not to run very much to try and save money. We had the landlord get someone in to check the electrics, as we presumed it was faulty wiring, but everything checked out fine. This continued for years, and it's a part of life now, to be honest. We visited my husband's aunt. We were standing in her large kitchen talking, my husband and I, his aunt and uncle, all standing close, chatting, and we turned as we heard a noise. I remember we all saw a heavy cast iron casserole dish slide across the kitchen counter. The strangest part is that it didn't just drop when it reached the edge. It was like someone held it for a second, about a foot from the unit, before it dropped to the floor. We left straight away. The house that I live in now, we've been here for about three and a half years. It seemed like a calm house. It was built in the 1970s. And after asking around recently, I found out that our houses were built on farmland. I'm trying to list everything that has happened here, but I don't want to bore you. So all of the above is still happening, apart from the doors opening or closing. This time it's only one cupboard that does that, 
Now this cupboard has one of those roller type catches and I really have to pull on it hard to open it. Quite a few mornings I've come downstairs to find that it is opened overnight. No one's been in there. I start making sure that it's closed fully and yet again it will be open. The doorbell rings constantly. I get so tired of going to the door and no one was there that I now have disconnected the bell so that people have to knock or call me to come in. My cat plays in the downstairs hallway as if there's someone there. She would sometimes just watch nothing and then chase it and run off. Now you're probably aware what cats are like with your bundle of fluff, so it could just be her playing. However, in the same spot, but the other side of the wall, she claws at the laminate flooring and watches the wall. I've heard someone walking up my stairs at night or early in the morning, heavy footsteps. I'd think, okay, maybe it's my neighbour, as we're end of terrace. We have a neighbour on one side. Her stairs are the opposite side of her house, but I think maybe that one can be explained. I've come home from work before and thought that someone was home already, as I could hear someone in the spare room, above the dining room. I go up, chatting to see who's home, to find that I'm in fact home alone. Our son told me one Christmas morning that he had seen one of Santa's elves in his bedroom late at night. He described a short man moving in the shadows. However, he saw him properly as he passed the light of the game that he had left on the side of his bed. Because he still believed in Santa, he just closed his eyes. At the time, I thought he must have been dreaming. And now that he's older, he freaks out when he thinks about what might have been in his room. Again, we have TVs which turn on when no one's in the room. But this is a new flat screen TV this time. Mostly the bedroom one, while we're asleep. We've checked to see if they have timers, etc. But no explanation. And stuff still is going missing all the time. My husband woke me one night. He said that I'd burnt him in my sleep. We turned on the bedside light and a mark appeared. He said it was like touching a hot stove or an iron that was on. I laughed and it was on Facebook as he jokingly called me a witch. But not long after that happened, I was also burnt in the night on the hand. I've joked on your page on a thread about our dog. Sometimes he goes out into the garden to go to the toilet then refuses to come back into the house. He is such an obedient dog that after I say a couple of times just come in, he then walks in with his head down. Not always, as most of the time he's a happy bouncy dog. I've seen a head, just a head, in the hallway upstairs and a blur walk past my bedroom door before. The thing that rattled me and that I originally wrote to you about happened when I was in my bedroom. It was when I was cleaning out my makeup bag and my husband watched something pass through me. And a week later I found out that my baby had passed away. I was sitting in my front room one evening and I have one of those candle holders where when you light a candle the top spins slowly and throws out a pattern. I was sitting quietly watching TV and it started spinning super fast. I grabbed my phone and begin to video it. As I get close, it slows down and then stops. I added the video to Facebook and tag in my husband as he was offshore and I was fascinated by this. 
There were no windows or doors open and our son was fast asleep. I couldn't find the draft and I know it could be something really simple like that. I've recently returned to church. I find our church so calm and I feel so relaxed and at peace that I call it my happy place. Sometimes I will just go and sit on my own and say a prayer or just listen to the birds outside. I've recently also bought a Bible and some small wooden crosses. I liked the crosses as they are wooden and quite sweet. Plus, I thought if there was something hanging around, hopefully they'll help the situation. Sadly, this hasn't been the case. Yesterday, I looked up from my bed to see, in the daylight, a grey head peek around my doorframe from the hallway. Maybe it's a trick of the light. Who knows? During the week, my husband said he heard someone on the stairs when he was awake in the early hours. Today, I don't know why, but I felt the need to say the Lord's Prayer. And I've decided lately that I should stop ignoring my instincts so much. So I said the prayer. All I could hear outside as I sat quietly was the sound of the birds. Anyway, after the prayer was said, I heard a noise that sounded like a growl. This is a first for me. It sounded like it was by the window, so it may have had a logical explanation. There's no road traffic outside, just houses, fields and trees. The road outside is just a dead end. Unless people live here or are visiting, no one drives by and very few people walk past. The noise lasted around four seconds. It was quite quiet, but loud enough to make out. I was shocked. But I'm thinking and hoping that maybe it was just a bird. The last bit I'm always certain was just a person up to no good, but I'm going to add it in anyway, as it's freaky. I went out to the bin, which is in the alley at the side of my house. I felt like I should look up, and in the alley I saw a hooded figure. I'm trying to adjust my vision to see it more clearly, but it's dark and I don't have my glasses on, so it's just a hooded shadow. For some reason, I didn't move, but my neighbour had just pulled up. I called him and said, come here, I think there's someone here. I'm pretty sure it was a person, but it moved sharpish down the alley, so my neighbour missed him. Unnerved, I called 101 to report it, simply for the weird way he stood in the alley, still and staring. All there is in the alley is my back gate and my neighbour's fence. I was on hold to the police and my husband got home. I told him I was on the phone to the police as I saw a man in the shadows in the alley. He said he too just saw him and goes outside to confront the man but he's gone. The police came to check the area but nothing. Pretty sure it's an actual human and humans are much scarier than any ghost I've encountered. I'm sitting here typing this and something has just fallen onto the laminate behind me. It sounded like a pen or something small. But there was no pen on the table and there's nothing there now. I sat down and my cat is just staring above my head. I talk to her and stroke her and she settles. Then there's two taps on the window in front of me. A bug flying into it, I hope, even though it definitely didn't sound like that. I don't know. It's probably all explainable. I have an open mind either way, but I need to share these events. There's probably loads I've missed, but that's all I can remember right now. 
Man, there is some serious stuff going on in those places and in Anonymous's life. Very terrifying indeed. I can't understand seeing heads floating. I can't understand the candle spinner going off. Also got video footage, which is really cool. Doesn't make sense because that thing only is designed to move under smoke, isn't it, from the candle? Yeah, or the heat. Is it the heat or the smoke? I don't know which it is. Something. Yeah, it must be the heat. I don't think smoke can move. It's not physical. I listen. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Then in that house that Anonymous grew up in, there was so much going on. In that the dad saw a little boy, the brother saw a man sitting on the ironing board. Um, the person that told the story heard loads of things, saw loads of things going on in that house. It just, it's just like whatever this is, it just followed them from house to house to place to place. I do understand why this person would think that they were haunted, though. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And this is the same person, in case you didn't pick up from from the story that sent us in the the story a couple of weeks ago where something went through them in the bedroom and they ended up um, losing their baby afterwards. And they kind of explicitly said, like, I don't know if these two things are linked, but they're definitely linked in my head. So... It's, I mean, it's pretty dark stuff, really. Because yeah. it's one thing being like, oh, a couple of things moving and whatever. But it seems like everywhere this person goes, something paranormal happens. Even to the point of going to other people's houses and stuff happening. Like the casserole dish. Yeah. So weird. It's very strange. Unless Anonymous has magic powers and has been doing it all herself. Unless she is Matilda. Maybe. The dream. <laughs> And our second story today comes from Taryn. My story starts in 1991 when I was just seven years old. My family moved from rural Northern California to the farmland of the Willamette Valley of Oregon. My mom was and still is a professional horse trainer and my dad was and still is a farrier. We bought a beautiful 80 acre farm with the goal of transforming it into an exclusive training facility for three day eventing, which is a more popular equine sport in Great Britain than it is in America. Everything about the property was perfect, except the house was really weird. It was a one story, 4,000 square meter home built in the shape of a W. The kitchen was in the center The master bedroom was at one end and my room and my sister's room was at the other end. There are too many experiences at this home to detail them all. My ultimate story is about the evil that attached itself to us and a particular incident that happened after we moved. But for the six years that we lived in that house, my mom and my sister and I all lived in total fear. My dad couldn't quite accept everything until after we moved out. My sister and I started hating each other, but we slept together every night out of fear. My parents even started hating each other. It was one big hate fest. We'd see shadows of people hanging in the guest room closet. Things would grab us in our sleep. We'd hear voices telling us to hurt each other. Once we left, we found out from the neighbours and the realtor who sold us the house some of the things that happened there. Trust me, my parents were livid with the realtor for not disclosing this stuff. The previous owners divorced and left the property empty for six years. Once a week, for six years, the wife would have seances in the house. Before the seance people owned the property, here's a list of the other deaths. 
a farmer blew himself up in one of the fields. He was pulling a trailer with his tractor and for some weird reason he had dynamite on the trailer. Then he rolled the tractor and trailer and blew it all up. I know, it's bizarre, but we confirmed it with more than one neighbour. Before the dynamite farmer lived there, a large family owned the property. One of the family members shot and killed another family member in the front yard. Then they hung himself in a bedroom closet, which ended up being our guest bedroom. Before that, we were told there was a fire and part of the house burned down, killing one person. But we couldn't verify that story, so we're not positive that it's actually true. And finally, here's the big one. The back of our property was basically a forest that wasn't far from a Baptist college. But before it was a Baptist college, it had been a tuberculosis hospital during the TB epidemic in the early 1900s. It was secluded and far from town, so that kept the patients quarantined. There are several accounts of patients escaping the hospital and travelling into the woods behind the property to build little shanty towns and die on their own terms. The woods these people died in ended up being on our property. I know it sounds totally insane, but I have talked to normal and sane people from the college who have confirmed this. So basically, a buttload of people have died on the property, then some brilliant woman had the great idea to do seances there weekly for six years. By the time we moved out, we were all emotionally wrecked. After leaving that property, I was plagued with extreme night terrors about the house and land. I was frequently attacked in my sleep. Weird things would still happen. I would hear whistling when I was alone. I would see weird creatures in my peripheral, etc. I grew up as a Christian, so I would instantly start praying and things would stop. But this is the night that is totally berserk. I was moved out at 17 but still went home to visit every few weeks. It had been a while since anything paranormal had happened, so I went to bed in the room I had at my parents' house without any fear lurking in the back of my brain. And then I started dreaming. All I could see was black. Everything was pitch black. I could hear many voices whispering but I couldn't understand them. I became very scared knowing that it wasn't a normal dream. When we lived on the haunted property, I was put into a sleep therapy because my nightmares were so bad that my counsellor was afraid of what might happen to me in my sleep. In this therapy, I was taught how to wake myself up from nightmares. Back to my dream. I knew I was about to be attacked, so I tried to wake myself up. I counted to three and tried opening my eyes, but I wasn't waking up. Then I felt myself being choked and an enormous weight on my chest was holding me down. I tried calling out to God and saying the name of Jesus, but I couldn't speak because I couldn't breathe. I told myself, not today, Satan, which sounds funny now. I pushed on whatever was against my chest and got enough air to say, God, Jesus, help me. Then my eyes popped open, and I shit you not, I was speaking in Latin. I believe I was saying exorcism rites in Latin, but I don't know, that's just what I feel in my heart. I had tried to learn Latin a few years before by doing those cheesy at-home language books, but I lost interest after a few months. I know I didn't learn any Latin exorcisms though. Anyway, as I'm laying there speaking a language I don't know, I realise that there's actually somebody leaning over me. 
As it turns and walks towards the door, I sit up and call out, Mom, I'm okay, it was a dream. In my head, I thought my mom had heard me yelling in my sleep and came to check on me. Then it clicks that my mom wouldn't just walk away from me. So I say, Sarah, what are you doing? Hoping to Jesus that it's my sister. It gets to my doorway and then turns and looks at me. I froze like ice was inching through my veins. It had no face. It was just white. Long black stringy hair hung down to its waist. But it had something wrapped up on its head. I don't know how to explain it exactly. It could almost be compared to how a woman wraps a towel around her head after a shower. It obviously wasn't a bath towel, but I just don't know how else to explain it. I then found myself running into my sister's room, jumping under her blankets and covering up my head. I don't know if I ran through the apparition, or if it disappeared, or what. I just knew I wasn't going to sit there and have a showdown with it. The next morning, my parents asked why I had slept with my sister. When I told them what happened, they both turned grey. Now here's the even weirder part. Both of my parents had dreamt that something evil was coming to the house. They both dreamt that they got up and tried to open their bedroom door to come and check on us, but the handle was so hot they couldn't touch it. Then, they both dreamt they could see something evil flying at speed towards them. My mom said in the last second she cried out, Michael the Archangel, stop this, and it was suddenly gone. My dad said he couldn't remember what he did. They both woke up at the same time and went to check on us, finding my sister and I both in her bed. They assumed everything was fine. I couldn't believe they didn't wake us up. Anyway, the next day we had our pastor come and bless the house and bless our whole property line. I can't watch horror movies or even talk about this stuff because things start happening. I fall asleep at night listening to Terry Pratchett books on Audible so my mind doesn't wander. Every night my husband and I pray with our seven-year-old son that God will protect us from evil. On the rare occasion that we forget part of our prayer, we all have nightmares. Whatever evil attached itself to my family will still go after us if we let our guard down. I find myself surprised that I'm able to listen to your podcast without triggering my experiences. I'm actually sitting in a public parking lot while I write this, because I don't want to write about it on my farm or in my home. For real. That's the lengths I go to so nothing bad happens again. Okay, so we need to start firstly talking about this farm that their family bought in William in the Williamette Valley in Oregon, which is a lovely part of the world. Why would a couple divorce keep the property empty? I understand because obviously it takes a while to sort all that kind of stuff out, particularly if it's joint property. But then why go there every weekend and have a séance? Maybe she just loved séances. That's that's not a good start to the story, is it? Finding out that that stuff's been going on in your house for six years. No, it isn't, and I I think that séances are um. I think for some people they're weirdly addictive, especially if you've lost somebody. Mm. But what if she was actually looking for the gateway to hell? I mean, there's there that is also a distinct possibility <laughs> in your world. But then there's obviously something not. I know. I know a lot of people would say that actually falling out with each other, getting angry with each other, happens if you live a long time with people. Yeah. 
But there's also something to be said about an oppressive nature, nature, the oppressive nature of certain places causing that. Whether that's paranormal or just scientific in that, you know, the light that comes into the room at night or the background noise that you don't notice or the chemicals that are released into your house. Combination of all those things can all lead to rattiness, irritability. Yeah, even as we've established, like infrasound. Or infrasound, exactly. And if you're working and if it's a farm, it could even be like generator based or you like you don't know what's causing it. But there is something to be said about that because I guess, you know, if you if your family has lived together fine for a while, it's then odd to have that on there. I don't like the um faceless woman with the long scraggly hair who comes who walked slowly out of the room and just casually glanced back on the Isn't way. Isn't it mad that it is only women and demons that are blessed with the natural ability to wrap your towel up after you've come out yeah. of the shower. <laughs> are you able to do that? No. It is a it is a it's a gift. Yeah. But it just made it sounded like the Momo yes. lady, but it was faceless. Yeah. So maybe the ring girl. She's kind of similar looking. Samara. Samara? Yeah. Whatever but, that girl's name was. Either way. Really creepy. Thanks for sharing. Not going to think about it too much, to be honest, because I'd like to go to sleep tonight. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can go to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com to find the links to all of our social media, the email address where you can send your own stories, and also the links to our Patreon, which is a subscription service where for $5 or $2 a month, you get heaps of extra content. Please don't forget to donate to Out of the Woods Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation if you can. There are only seven days of terror left for you to do so. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Cheerio.